Talent and a big white smile. Solo! Hello, 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 people of the radio lands. I am your special one night only guest, Piranha, hosting House of Pride Radio. I was a guest on the program last month, and Tweeka invited me back. I'm so excited. I've got a number of guests who will be joining us later this evening, The one of which is the host or, or the guitarist of the band that you just heard, Mufta. That was their song, Wooly and a Six Pack. We'll be with all of them shortly. Enjoy the next track. Tell me all the crazy shit you did when I was gone and all alone. The stuff you left off of the telephone.
Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Piranha doing a special takeover of House of Pride Radio. I've got a bunch of great guests here today, well, the first of which is Giogo Zavadsky, who is the guitarist for the band Mufta, whose song we played right at the top of the hour. Giogo, go ahead and say hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Wonderful. How was your pride? It was great, yeah. I was pretty much spent um, hiking with Lysol and Jess. Wonderful. So Lysol being one of the other members of Mufta. Exactly. Um, you guys had a gig at the chapel right before Pride, right? How'd yes. that go? A night of queer punk. Yes, that was amazing. Yeah, we got to play our whole set and share the stage with Eric Cash. Um, some uh, drag performers were also uh, sharing the night with us, Annalyn Bond. Um, Roxanne Red Meat and Jelly Jellyfish. Wonderful. I'm glad that it went well. Our other guest for the evening, would you like me to introduce you at, in or out of drag? Uh, out of drag. Out of drag. Our other guest this evening is Carrie Escovedo. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. How was your pride? Uh, it was great. Awesome. Yeah. Any big, <laughs> did you do anything? Uh, I made a, a conscious decision this year to only commit to one thing per day. That's a challenge. And I succeeded and I had a better time. Good. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. It was cool. I had a good time. I had a good pride. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your musical endeavors. Uh, so I am the uh, lead vocalist for Lollygaggers. Um, we're actually playing a show with uh, Mufta Music for the Apocalypse on uh, August 8, uh, 7th. Um, at the knockout. That? Oh, awesome. Yeah, and, along with our friends, uh, Muñecas. Awesome. Who uh, was the second song that we heard this evening? That was Bottomless Chismosas, if you haven't heard. Um, wonderful. So as I already kind of spoiled, I don't know if you want to get into this, you also perform in drag. That's true. As Cochina Rude. How would you talk about the difference in performance when you're up on stage as a queen versus uh, singing in a punk band? Uh uh yeah sure so with cochina so first of all we um i don't i don't really do cochina with uh, the lollygaggers band um they kind of exist as separate projects for me um and the difference between performing as each is uh um with lollygaggers i have just a lot of fun just being wild and um jumping on people and sweating a lot and that's just like I love getting all that energy out and I um since I was a kid I liked being on a stage so um yeah I enjoy that and then with Cochina it's you know I mean it's a drag number whatever you know so it's but still very punk rock when you're performing I do still do a lot of jumping on people in drag yeah sure and getting sweaty (laughs) uh Geogo now Mufta does perform in drag often is that correct we do. We kind of like. Um, it depends on the on the mood uh, on the day. Uh, Lysol has been pretty consistent, and sure. in terms of like being um, with the dress, uh, but we're uh, we don't have a, like a, a compromise. And like you know, like in terms of like being in full drag on stage, we, we sometimes we say like just being boy drag. You know, like wear some makeup, um, some glitter on, and. But yeah, we never know what's going to happen on the Mufta show when it comes to um, costumes and makeup. So how do you guys decide what you're going to wear? Is there a specific, like, you decide that this is the one where we're all dressing up like monkeys today versus, you know, like, because it, you se- tend to be pretty coordinated. We, we were coordinated at some point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but right now, I kind of like um, like to think that, you know, like, if you're going to go on stage, you're going to... Um, I want uh, we all to go like as comfortable as we 
can and as glamorous as we can doesn't matter if you are if you are you know like in full drag or not but mm. um being in full drag is definitely welcome in Mufta, that's for sure okay. well while we're on the subject of drag i'm gonna ask one other question then i want to get back to your guys's actual music uh you have a gig coming up with the band in november are you guys talking about that yet yes we actually have a meeting about that right after this oh wonderful because yes. i'm pretty excited about it do you want to tell people what you guys are doing yes we are doing uh pink floyd's the wall yeah, we're going to do the, the album front to back. We're going to have a uh, drag performance on stage. Uh, this is going to be, uh, I mean, obviously a very political uh, show. Um, we want to bring the, the album to the context of today. What um, made you choose The Wall? I mean, look at the world today. <laughs> it's pretty... Um, uh, you know, you know, like uh, all... It's It's... It's curious to see, um, you know, like when you listen to the wall and you see that uh, all that stuff is still relevant to today. Mm. Um, so we just thought it'll be a, you know, like it'll be a great opportunity, considering the political scenario of the world today, to bring this um, album um, surface and uh, actually explore um, those themes um, with the context of today. So, sure. yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and listen to one more song, and then we're going to come back and talk to these guys about their music. This is Lower Self, another local band, Desire.
Hello, 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 and welcome back. Once again, this is Piranha taking over House of Pride Radio today, and I've got Gioga Zavatsky and Carrie Escovedo with me here today. We were talking with Carrie about his band Lollygaggers. Uh, tell us a little bit more about like what style of music you do and maybe some of your guys' influences. Well, um, Lollygaggers is a band born out of um, five uh, different people all of us are queer and we all kind of have um slightly different musical backgrounds or tastes or interests a lot of it is overlapping but um i think that we didn't have a plan for lollygaggers in terms of what we were going to sound like and what we've ended up making a lot of is um uh you know we range from uh you know kind of fun pop punk kind of stuff to um to you know some death rock revival kind of like vibe you know it's just is really honestly just whatever we're feeling um and over the past couple years um our sound has evolved to be kind of a kind of on the harder or darker edge of things so yeah awesome uh one of the things that i've noted about your guys's music is that it is very like distinctly rooted in you living here in sf correct me if i'm wrong but you've got a song called like 24th street correct right? and um you know and the queer culture here um, how would you say that like the the scene in San Francisco has influenced what you guys are writing about or how your collective queerness is kind of like pushed the direction of your music? Um, well, I think that just by virtue of um, the fact that everyone in our band has been in the Bay Area for a really long time um, and just being gay i guess that's just like inherently it's kind of all in there <laughs> yeah you know I, I, there's not really uh we we do you know a lot of what uh we the songs we write uh the content will vary from things that you know from taking raw loads or whatever to, to things that have nothing to do with so or, things you don't know anything about so <laughs> no i really I wouldn't know anything fiction, about that fantasy no, music. Right. I get it. but um you know but also we have music that is um you know, we have a song called Cindy that's about a um, a lesbian uh, garbage truck uh, driver awesome. who um, gets really fed up with the um, the happy-go-lucky kind of rainbow gay kind of attitude of SF because we some some of the songs we write are about why being queer isn't always positive. Sometimes mm. it's a negative experience, and I think that that's an interesting thing to unpack. For sure. Uh, Giogo, tell us a little bit about Mufta. How did that come together and what uh, kind of drives your guys' sound? Uh, yeah, so uh, Mufta started with, um, um, well, yeah, of course, with you know the band members coming together, uh, me, Lizo, and David, um, uh, jamming and um, creating songs um, out of those jams. And uh, basically, um, what I can tell is like, that uh, what influence the, the songs that we do um, are pretty much uh, the environment that we live in, uh, the artistic queer environment, um, and the political scenario. So um, I would say just by, you know, like being together and jamming together, we were like trying to find our sound and trying to create what was going to be uh, the narrative that we we're gonna, um, come upon with uh, this band. Uh, it's very diverse, I would say. Uh, some, of, some of our songs talk about, you know, like just being raccoons and out in the nature and just uh, being free and doing whatever we feel like doing. Um, some of the songs that, that, that I wrote, um, 
they are very philosophical in terms of like you know like actually being based in um in some philosophy like socrates or um even buddha you know <laughs> and kind of like putting it all together to something that makes sense to me and um eventually makes sense to everybody else but, sure. yeah how do you guys manage songwriting duties in the band? Do you guys kind of all do it together as a group, or does somebody usually submit? Uh, it it's there. There's always a starting point. Uh, there's always someone that, that comes someone that comes up with when I uh, with an idea. Um, usually starts with a riff. Mm. Oh, I have this riff in my mind, and then from that riff, we kind of like jam upon it, and um, it becomes something more elaborate. Um, sometimes it starts with an idea for a lyric, so it really depends. Um, right now, I'm kind of like writing stuff, like um, you know, like driving the creative process with a little sparkle and kind of like being letting that be what um, motivate them to create upon it. And then you know, it just it just creates stuff over other stuff, and there's a song. Sure. Uh, one of the first, uh, actually the very first time that I heard about the band was because I was looking for a group on a production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch that I was doing. Yes. You guys ended up being our Angry Inch for that production. Um, did that in any way influence the like out, the direction your band was going? Because I feel like it was pretty early on or how did it... Yeah. Um, you know, and where has it gone since then? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think we... Like without actually even um, talking uh, to each other about it, we were all head heads, and you know, like very um, fond of um, the show and the songs. And um, Hedvig definitely has a big influence. I think we all come from you know like uh, the same things that actually influenced Hedvig, also have been influencing um, us, you know, like through our lives, mm. and. That was like a, just a happy coincidence, and uh, we we felt really fortunate to actually be able to uh, play those songs, um, and uh, it just resonates a lot with the kind of sound that the band does. You know, like we we identify ourselves as you know like as queer people and as uh, punk rockers, and uh, definitely to be able to do Hedvig uh, was a, def a defining point in our um, journey in terms of uh, what a kind of sound we um, we create you know like and what kind of sound that we'd say we um, are sure awesome well we are going to go ahead and take a little bit of a break here but first we have two tickets to give away for hornblower cruises two cocktail cruises of your choosing that leaves out of the san francisco bay area and goes around and comes right back here to san francisco if you are interested in winning those please give us a call at 415-550-0511 the third caller is going to be the winner of the tickets once again the number is 415-550-0511 We'll be right back with you. Some say my fire burns way too hard. Some say they find me too hard to touch. But I, I think it's not enough. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to say. You know I like it loud. Cause that's the only way. No taste for sight. 
I do believe we have a winner. Who do we have on the line? Hey, my name's Edmund. Oh, hi, Edmund. Hey, how's it going? Good. You are a lucky winner of two cocktail cruise tickets from Hornblower Cruises. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to so uh, collect your information offline, and then we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and make sure that you're all set up with those. That sounds fabulous. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling in. Absolutely. All right. All right, and we are back with Yogo and Carrie. Now, uh, Carrie and I were talking offline. Tell us a little bit of Lollygaggers' uh, songwriting style. Uh, well, I'll preface that with saying that I am the only person in the band who had never been in a band before, like, at all, ever. Um, and so the whole process is pretty new to me. Um, and similar, not just dissimilar to Mufta, we, you know, it starts with a riff. Um, we have two guitarists, um, Blair Men and, uh, Greg Darinon, who, um, will have a really good chemistry and they can usually figure something out as well as a uh, Critter Fetkovich, who's our bass player. Um, and then our drummer, Eden Grace, um, who's in a rockabilly project called the Rumble Strippers for a really long time. Um, all in the Bay Area. Um, and then I usually, what will happen is that they will all, collaborate and we'll find something that we like or that we like the sound of just kind of noodling around and then I'll write words around it. Uh, Critter and I will both sometimes write the lyrics to it, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Blair and I will both sing vocals and he does backup, but, um, yeah. So I, I'm just kind of always learning new stuff. So how did you guys come together? I knew, uh, Greg for a long time before his, him and I used to work together and I had known you, I think, uh, shortly before the band started, but um, how did y'all join up? Um, I, a lot of us were friends uh, before, just from, um, you know, we would go to shows together and we were all kind of a friend kind of group or whatever. And uh, a few years back, uh, Critter and Blair were just kind of, um, they were jamming um and you know because they wanted to do something make some music and then um i tagged along because i was um i wanted to because <laughs> i had always i was like oh i want to do what you guys are doing do you need a singer and uh and then we brought critter brought in eden who i had not met before um and then uh blair brought in greg um for uh 
our second guitar so this is such a, a side note and probably is not anything but i met an eden at a punk like house party about a few two months back so i'm like now so curious if it's the same person because i cannot remember what your drummer looks like <laughs> um eden is uh her uh she loves uh driving classic cars she has a um a classic car named uh piglet uh, that she takes Very to shows nice. and her instagram handle is uh the last of the butches all right. So that should describe what maybe she looks like. I'll, I'll take a look <laughs> after, after the program. Um, how long have you guys been together now? Uh, two and a half years. Okay, for sure. And Muff has been playing for about a year now, right? A year and a half, I would say, yeah. What has your guys' experience been like uh, in the San Francisco music scene, getting gigs, playing with other bands? Um, you know, where, where are things kind of at right now in that world? You mean in terms of, I'm sorry, repeat the question. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm curious what it's like being a band in San Francisco right now. So in terms of like working with venues and the other types of bands, like are things prospering? Are people coming out to shows? Is there still a weirdness? Because there was a long time where like a lot of venues were shutting down and I know people were uh, getting gigs canceled on them because of stuff like that. Where are, what has your guys' experience been like just navigating the scene outside of just like creating music? Um, well, for us, fortunately for us, a lot of our band members um, know people from who work or have played music, play in other bands who play at um, a lot of venues around town. Um, and so that's honestly, that's how we get into play a lot of places. Um, we've been really uh, fortunate to be able to play um, in a lot of venues in San Francisco. Half of our band also lives in Oakland, so we play in the East Bay as well. Um, we do find that there still is a, um, you know, punk till I die kind of contingent of people who are still miraculously living in San Francisco and still come out to mm -hmm. shows. Um, but yeah, a lot of them are uh, upwards of like 30s and 40s and stuff. Yeah. True. Yeah, I would say um, Mufta um, end up, you know, like um, um, naturally um, being in the circle of like um, bands like Lower Self or Munyakas or um, Goldminer or uh, the Cat Rubby Show. Um, people that we, you know, like, it's, you know, like it's people that we consider friends and we end up like doing stuff together at some point down the road. Um, and I would say in venues, uh, we've been very fortunate to be uh, playing in, in you know, places like the Boom Boom Room uh, or the Chapel. So um, I feel like, you know, like more and more, we're like we're creating like our, um, you know, like uh, identity out there for other people to sure. know and kind of like relate to what we do and mostly like our concern uh at, at this point is to create new material for um people to be and, and actually record material for people to go on, on shows and you know like um it's always you know like a comforting feeling to, when you go to a show and you um expect the artist to play the song that you you know you like right so what would each of you say has been your favorite show that you guys have done? Either because of the venue or the audience or the bands you were playing with? I would say this last one at the chapel was pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's just such a, a magical stage. And two months before, I saw Peter Murphy there. Mm. And he reached out his hand to the audience. And I grabbed his hand. It was kind of like, oh, my God, the goth god touched my hand. That's very <laughs> and like sweet. Two, yeah, That's adorable. <laughs> and then two months later, uh, I was there playing on that stage. So 
so that alone was pretty magical for me yeah um, I'd say in SF, uh, we we played the Eagle a few times, um, and one of the shows that uh, I thought was most memorable was we got to play with the victims who um, have been around for decades, um, and they don't play much anymore, um, but we were able to play with them back at the Eagle in uh, December, and that was really awesome. Um, and another few mentions just for me was um in the east bay we've played the ivy room a few times um we got to play with um pansy division uh last oh, weekend wow. uh and homobiles and um that was really special because it brought a lot of folks who are out of the coming out of the woodwork who you know were queer punk rockers in, the, in 90s the 90s and yeah, yeah so it was a really neat crowd a lot of the folks who um we enjoy who come to our shows are are queer adjacent not necessarily queer themselves um and another show that i had a really good time at was we played with fang about a year ago Word. um and that was yeah the crowd was great all right perfect uh we're gonna go ahead and take another break this is the song cherries in the snow by vaginal davis and pedro muriel and esther
All right, we are back, everybody. Um, we were just having a fascinating conversation. Do you want to uh, go back a little bit on that? What is the state of groupies at a lollygagger show? At a lollygagger show? Yeah. Well, I think uh, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of really amazing uh, people who come to um, all of our shows, and we were very um, pleasantly... Uh, surprised to learn that there are some people who started coming to our shows who we none of us you know knew um, firsthand or anything and that we would see consistently every time we would play a show and um, then we've been able to get to know them through our Facebook page and stuff like that and so that's been really a humbling thing because we just really honestly thought that we would just be playing for our friends all the time not that there's anything wrong with that at all but you know, you, you play long enough though, people are gonna notice how cute you guys all are. <laughs> it's true. It's about. It's bound to. Happen. My bandmates are all very cute. It's yeah. true. All right, we just had a late minute addition to the show. Uh, we've got Tyler Ray Jones today. Hello. That is your last name, right? Yeah, I that is my got last name. put on the spot all of a name. sudden. Yeah, <laughs> it's all that's what's on Facebook. So that's what you get on the air. Thank you. How's your day going? Um, my day's been fine. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Just a lot of traffic. Yeah. Sorry about all that getting over here. That's okay. It sounds like you had a rough time. <laughs> I mean, San Francisco has ugly traffic days. And today is it's one fair. of those days. I walk everywhere. So I get to just be blissfully ignorant of it most of the time. Yeah. I don't try to, or I don't take lifts often. Yeah. I just feel like every time I do, I think like, oh, I'm going to be prepared and get there on time. And this is what happens. So mostly so. what we've been talking about before you got here was kind of, um, everybody's role in the. Like San Francisco music scene and where, uh, you know, what their experience like has been kind of navigating that world. Uh, yeah. What is what is it that you do? What do I do? I know you mostly as a I DJ. Do a lot. Yeah, mostly DJ. Um, I go by Tyler Wave is my DJ name. And I've been spinning records in the city for about seven years. Yeah. Mostly doing at like 60 soul 45s. So that's kind of my shtick. But I do all kinds of parties, um, and through DJing, I started my own organization called Join the Movement, and that's all about entertainment-based fundraising events that we do in the Bay Area and beyond, and we do fundraisers for radical social change and uh, resistance education. I would love for you to tell everybody about the one that you did just before your birthday. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, June 22nd, we did a fundraiser for Dreamer Fund and Pueblo Sin Fronteras, Dreamer Fund um, and Pueblo Sin Fronteras are two groups that I work with also. Um, I work in immigration law with them. So what we did, we did like a, just a dance party, had a bunch of local DJs come out uh, and we raised $3,000. And all that money goes towards undocumented students to go to law school, so paying for their tuition and their living expenses. And then that's with Dreamer Fund specifically, and they're out of USF Law School. Um, Pueblo Sin Fronteras does work on the border with asylum seekers and raised money for supplies for the um the shelter in tijuana awesome thank you so much for doing that it was a really great event as (laughs) well yeah thank you for coming uh now speaking about your djing i was just about to ask everybody before you walked in what is everybody listening to these days so if we want to just go around the table i'd love to hear uh what kind of bands that uh have been inspiring you lately what have you just been jamming out to let me think about it. I've, I've been all over the place with uh, what I've been listening lately. Uh, I mean, of course, I've been listening a lot of uh, Pink Floyd. <laughs> um, 
And I actually started to get a little bit into Genesis. <laughs> Me too lately. Really? Oh it's my because God. my partner is obsessed with prog rock in general. Mostly like weird German and Japanese stuff that I've never heard of. But like it's been, it's yeah. been happening a lot more. And I kind of like getting, starting to really get into it. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. They've I got can, some I good stuff. They I never do. Knew. Yeah. <laughs> and I could see that you put on that Pink Floyd radio on Spotify, how it just jumps right over. Oh, yeah, top. of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just naturally. And, uh, and of course, I've been listening to a lot of um, Peter Murphy, like most of his solo stuff. True. So, yeah. What about you? So I lately I've been uh, reading. I've actually been reading some books um, about uh, punk in the late '70s and early '80s um, in East in LA. And so um, I'm for just for um, what it's worth. I'm the I'm like a lot younger than my bandmates and so I don't I have to a lot to I have to catch up on a lot of the cultural references that sure. that they know about and bands that they've heard for a long time and I don't I don't I'm not as familiar with and so um I've been doing some of that type of research and I've been listening to um bands like the plugs and x and stuff I mean I grew up listening to to x but I didn't know about a lot of these like East LA kind of Chicano punk bands um as well and so that's been really cool um being part Mexican it's been kind of neat to connect with that um, the Nuns, uh, San Francisco band is one of my favorites right now. Um, but I've also been listening to a lot of like really gay pop music uh, for drag. You want to uh, <laughs> give any shout outs there? Um, what's up, Robin? I'm sorry. I'm not going to see you at uh, Bill Graham, you know. Uh, I don't know if you were listening, but did you hear uh, the Dorian Electra song I played earlier? Have you been listening to them at all? Oh, uh, no. I, I saw them at a, a party called Fake and Gay a few uh, months back. Oh, did back. they play? Um, nice. Or, yeah. And that was really cool. Maybe, uh, it was, maybe it was a year ago or something. Their like new album, Flamboyant, drops next week. They're a 27-year-old genderqueer pop dance musician. Uh but uh, I've been jamming out to the stuff that they've been putting out lately. It's been surprisingly good. I don't normally listen to to that sound necessarily. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Tyler, I'm particularly interested in what you've been listening to lately. Got some follow-up Ooh. questions already. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, lately, I've been actually listening to a lot of Italio disco music nice. and nice. like 90s deep house music. Nice. Been, yeah, I know, but it's because I, I listen to a lot of soul, you know, mostly. So I've been trying to branch out of like the 60s, 70s sound. And I've been expanding my genre of music with DJing too. So I've been doing a lot more like throwback uh, female R&B and, you know, like obviously like Aaliyah, Brandy, things nice. like that. You know, anything that's sexy I like to listen yeah. to. Well, <laughs> but, and that's yeah. what my follow-up question was going to be is how do you put together a DJ set normally? Um, mm -hmm. You know, is it something that you plan out ahead of time? Is it something that um, you set any kind of rules or boundaries for yourself? Do you really just like vibe in the moment with, with what you have available and make it up as you go along? Uh, it depends. I generally go with the vibe. I don't, I never, well, I'll just say this. I never actually make a set list. So I don't put records in order or make a playlist ahead of time. Um, when I do just vinyl, I definitely curate a box for sure, depending on, you know, what the night is. Um, so if I do like a Warhol party, I'm not going to bring, you know, certain records, but in general, yeah, I read the vibe, see what people's energy is. Um, but you know, just set the tone and I usually just play what I want and people respond well to it. Sure. And if I happen to be doing like a software where I have access to all kinds of music for certain parties, 
Um, yeah, I definitely will make like a large chunk playlist, but yeah, not in any order. Now, where do you DJ normally? I mean, who who's throwing these Warhol night parties? <laughs> well, the Warhol. Yeah, where is it? <laughs> we want to go. Warhol party was I DJed the opening at MoMA. SF oh, very MoMA. nice. So that was um, oh, cool. kind of a dream come true moment for me to be opening for a Warhol exhibit at MoMA. And through that, now I'll be doing residency for them, doing opening parties. Word, you got to get um, me into that sci-fi uh, exhibition that they have coming up soon. Oh my goodness, yeah. I think it opens like next week or something. Unfortunately, I'm going to be out of town. Well, I uh, I was not offered that gig, oh, sadly. No. <laughs> no. Ooh, awkward. <laughs> no, I know, it's okay. No, MoMA's good. Um, they do cool parties. But yeah, I DJ at El Rio a lot. Um, so that's a safe space. They like, we try to do intentional safe space dance parties. We have zero tolerance for creeps, um, and any discrimination of any kind. So, um, that's one place we feel safe doing stuff at uh, rock bar is also a small, but local mission bar that always holds space for fundraising dance parties whenever we want to do one, which is nice to have that space. Um, but yeah, I'm all over makeout room, knockout, uh, yeah. Lots of art shows. Very nice. Um, perfect. We are almost at the end of um, our session. I do want to go around and ask one lightning round question. What is the song that you have been vibing to hardest today? Have you been listening to anything specific? Uh, I, I think I'm stuck on Cut You Up by Peter Murphy for years now, actually. I never get tired of it. So, and uh, yeah, that's the one. Um, I've been listening to, uh, don't talk to me by Gigi Allen, but mostly cause I'm performing that later tonight. So gross. <laughs> uh, today I've been listening to rip it up by orange juice All right. um, on repeat because it has a lot of meaning for me, especially today. Perfect. All right. Uh, you guys got any gigs coming up? I want dates. I want names. I want locations. <laughs> tell us. Tell us everything. Plug the plug the shit out of your stuff. Um, well, <laughs> I guess I can start. Um, yeah. Well, in terms of join the movement, which I'll be playing music at this event, but it's heavily not um, about me. But we're doing an event in Oakland at Sama Cafe, which is a collective in um, Oakland on Franklin and Seventeenth. We're throwing a teaching and um food vendors will be there about the sudanese uprising and there'll be young artists and elders from sudan will be talking and all the proceeds we make from that will go to sema which is in sudan so that's going to be at artistic space where i'll be spinning some records at this sunday awesome gentlemen um, all right, now that I got my calendar out, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we're playing, we're actually playing at, you mentioned El Rio, we're playing at El Rio, um, for our next show, which is on, um, July 25th, which is a Thursday, we're playing with middle-aged queers, uh, and following... But what's the other band? Um, I'm joking. Are they called middle-aged queers? Oh, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, the band is called middle-aged queers, yes. <laughs> and, um, it took me a second to get that. And then, uh... Uh, we're playing with a band um, called uh, Music for the Apocalypse, aka Mufta, and and our friends Muñecas on uh, August seventh um, at the Knockout, and then um, we are also working on a seven-inch uh, record right now um, called Cavity Search. Um, it'll be out this fall. Um, so yeah, we're just really hyped about that. Perfect. We're going to be, uh, Muff is going to be um, the knockout, um, August 7th, um, and 
the chapel on November 16th for Pink Floyd's The Wall. And is there somewhere people can follow your guys' bands? Facebook, Instagram, I'm assuming? Yes. Uh, you can find us uh, on Instagram, um, Spotify, um, iTunes, Facebook. Uh, just look for Mufta or Music for the Apocalypse. And same goes with Lollygaggers on Facebook. We're pretty active. Uh, we have an Instagram page as well. And um, we have a band camp. It's lollygaggers.bandcamp. Wonderful. All right. We are going to say goodbye to our in-studio guests, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to have singer Kim Sims calling in. We will be right back. everybody we are back thank you so much uh we're gonna switch over right now we've got a song coming up by the singer who's gonna be calling in this is probably one of her biggest hits i believe came out in the 90s the song is called too blind to see it by kim sims and once again she's gonna be calling in right after we play this All right, everybody, we will be playing that song in just one moment. Oh, here it comes. Wonderful. Thank you so much.
All right. Wow. That was a fabulous show. It was the House of Pride Takeover Week 2 with Piranha and company. Right now, all the way over from, we're going live to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, folks. Uh, it's the one and only legendary Billboard recording artist, Kim Sims, on the phone with us. Can you hear us? Yes. How y'all doing? Great. How are you, Kim? I am doing just fabulous. I was saying that. I'm glad we got to talk now because, honey, I was about to start nodding off, okay? (laughs) Kim, we have a full control room of uh, folks here. I'm going to run room real fast. Uh, Everyone say hi. Uh, Let's start with the the person who took over House of Pride today. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Piranha. Nice to meet you, Kim. Hey, Piranha. Nice to meet you. Hi, Kim. My name is Tyla. Hi, Tyla. What's going on, girl? Hello. <laughs> Tyla's a DJ. Ooh, girl, I need to be your best friend. Yes, please. I'd be honored. <laughs> uh, hi, my name's Carrie. I'm in the band Lollygaggers. Hey, Carrie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, to too. Check out your music. All right. Hi, Kim. I'm Diogo. I'm from Music for the Apocalypse. Hey, is it Durobo? Did I say it right? Durobo, yeah. Uh, okay, nice to meet you. He has his own special effects on his mic tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, we're super excited. You have a new song. It just dropped. Tell us all about it. Oh, my goodness. I am excited. It's uh, it's called Dance Floor. We actually recorded this tweaker when I was in the UK last year. I think I was telling you about it. And... Um, you know, we wanted it to be as good as it could possibly be, and so Scott Featherstone um, did all of the uh, did the track for it, and then we got he, you know, he got some remixers. Des Ford, we did all of the the stuff over in the UK in uh, Des's uh, studio, and um, took our time with 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 getting the remixes and decided to release it. Um, Actually, let's see, where are we now? We're in July. So we really released it back in June. We did pre-orders in May. The the uh, press, uh, the record pressing folks or whatever, they kind of drugged their feet a bit, and so they sort of got us out of uh, sorts as, a, as, as far as getting it, you know, out when we wanted to. So I had a lot of people that were, you know, concerned that, they weren't going to get their their copy, but you know it's out. We're sending that Scott is sending out the copies, and um, hopefully everybody's you know getting theirs. I'm going to be signing the majority of them when I go overseas next week because um, a lot of people wanted it uh, signed, and it's you know it's such a it's such a cool um, piece because it's a, a pink 12 inch vinyl, and it's you know uh, special edition, so. Um, we were just going to put out so many, but now, uh, as of yesterday, we just signed a contract with HMV um, mm-hmm. Records over in the UK on High Street, and they're going to actually um, carry it in the store. So I'm excited about that as well. That's awesome! Wow, and yes. uh, it just goes to show you that the the revival of vinyl com- yes. coming back strong. Yes, uh, yep. Although yep. you've been DJing with vinyl the, your, the whole trip, huh? Oh, yeah. I've been DJing with vinyl for, yeah, about seven years, collecting wow. vinyl time. Yeah, it, there is a difference. You know, I, the more, the longer I've been into in, in the music business, I I really can, you know, I can see and tell the difference. And vinyl is just, you know, it's just 
crisp, it's clean, it's clear. It's, it's there's a difference. There's definitely a difference. So I'm excited about the the um, the project. And as you said, tweak. It's called Dance Floor, and it's it's uh, something that I wrote with with Des Ford over there. But we've got. I'm going to be recording again when I go over next week um, with uh, with them and. Um, another gentleman and I can't think of his name right now but I'm actually recording a song that Thomas uh, wrote called Love Take uh, Love Takeover so I'm looking forward uh, to doing that that's right shout out to Thomas he's in uh, Chicago is that right yes yes hey Tom you know he's he's my songwriter my best friend but also my songwriter but I just kind of uh, flipped it a little bit, you know, kind of last minute when we were when I was over last year, and we liked what we heard, so we just went on and and went with dance floor. But um, we're still sticking with the uh, with the one with the machine that that's not broken, if you will. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, first things first. Uh, we want to focus right now on dance floor. I have a uh, a mix that you sent me a while back. I'm gonna. Uh, play it out. Where does let us know where folks should go to follow you? Okay, so if you follow me on Instagram, um, it's Kim underscore Sims underscore fans underscore official. And that's on Instagram, and then of course on um, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I may get back on it. But anyway, Facebook, um, you can follow me at Kim Sims fans. Or just Kim Sims, and Kim is with a Y, and Sims is one M, one S, or two, well, S-I-M-S, yeah. <laughs> so you can, you know, you can follow me on there as well. Um, the single, I should say the 12-inch is being sold on Jupiter Label, which is Scott Featherstone's label. So if you go to Jupiter Label on Facebook, you should be able to, um, you know, pick it up there. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, we're, you know, we're just looking at um, when we're looking forward to just kind of keep me in the mix. It's keeping, you know, I'm touring still Tweaker, which, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for. And, you know, I want you to be a part of the, of uh, love takeover as far as the remix and stuff. So I'm, uh, I'm there, Kim. Just, you just let me know. Okay. Yeah. You're still on board. And, and don't you worry, Kim, that your legacy continues. You've had your string of hits, uh, best known probably for, well, in England uh, for too blind to see it. But uh, just yeah. recently you had that, Top 10 smash, turn it up yes, on Billboard Club Chart. Up. That's right. That's right. Written by Thomas Arambula. Yep, yep, yep. So that, that's been really exciting. This one, I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I think we're going in the direction of just getting the song out, making it a special edition. If it charts, you know, it, it charts. If it's, you know, just letting people know that we're, we're doing something different. We're going back to the old school, which is with with the vinyl but we're definitely going to keep pumping out music you know that's that's, that's right kim kim sims folks yeah. kim sims is in the mix with dance floor we're going to play it right now kim thank you so much for joining us again here in house pride we always love it when you show up at our door thank you. yes oh, ma'am everyone uh, let's uh, have a nice round of applause for kim sims the legend herself thank, thank you so much for coming on nice meeting everybody and Good luck to everybody. Blessings. Tweeka, love you always. And thank you for um, continuing to support the Kim Sims movement. Absolutely. Kim, uh, safe travels to England and your touring schedule. Fabulous. Okay. Thank you, Tweeka. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Dance Floor, Kim Sims.
also, so uh, I like to date white girls. Um, or at least according to my family, I do, because I dated one in the fifth grade. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because my homies say that I date uh, white girls, but I date offensive linemen, kind of big white girls, which ain't true, but, you know, that's what they tell me all the time. It was just one girl, but they hold on to it. So according to my friends and my family, I date chicks who look like they play for Alabama's offensive line. You know, so uh, they big and shit like that. But hell yeah, I made a bitch who, who like play for Alabama's offensive line, right? Because uh, according to Alabama, so that bitch gonna get drafted. You know, she gonna become a millionaire. You know, I'm gonna stick this shit out. You know, I was it was a little hard initially, like back in January, because when they lost to Clemson, I couldn't be standing on the sidelines with no fucking loser. I start going over to like Clemson's offensive line, try to hang out with those white bitches. You know, but um, we're gonna stick through it. She just entered the draft, so she got an agent and shit. I'm gonna see this shit through. And if she get an injury, I'm gonna divorce her and then I'll take all the money she got like most white chicks do um <laughs> I got, I'm glad you guys like that um so yeah uh anybody a fan of TLC right right fuck it remember that song no scrubs right growing up that was the shit no more no scrubs cuz scrubs is the guy who can't get no love from me I fucking hate that song. I fucking hate that song so much because growing up, chicks would be like, like Corday, I don't want to talk to you because I don't want no scrubs hanging out the side of your best friend's ride trying to holler at me. I'm like, bitch, I'm 10. What the fuck are you talking about, scrubs? My best friend's ride? You talking about my mom's van? What the fuck are you talking about? Also, I don't know why you bring this shit up. We at the fucking, we at the fucking uh, swings. What this shit got to do with the fucking, like, best friend's ride? I don't know. That's fucking, I hate that song. Um, there's a lot of scar tissue to me. Um, yeah, scar tissue. What the fuck I said? Man, for sure, man. We For sure. For sure. Fuck them. And if I... And well, also, fun thing about that song is, right, them chicks was talking about, I don't want nobody who, I don't want a broke dude hanging out the side of their best friend's ride. Them bitches sold platinum albums that was still broke. They made $50,000 off a fucking platinum ass CD. So you calling me broke? Bitch, you broke, all right? Fucking three of y'all got to buy that shit up and all that shit. So talking about all this bullshit. Ah, uh, just giving a history lesson real quick. Um, I'm going to give you guys something to go off of or close this shit out with. Um, you know, You know what upsets me? Why do chicks ask so many goddamn questions when you're watching a movie? Like, why are you asking, like, chicks be always be like, um, do you know, like, what's going to happen? Uh, I'm like, like, what's going to happen? Oh, my God, is he going to die and shit like that? Why do you always ask that, right? Like, you got to explain to chicks. Like, I explain this to my sister or chicks I'm dating. I'm like, yo, okay, first off, I didn't write this movie. I didn't produce it. I didn't help direct it. I didn't see this before I came out with you to see this fucking movie. So I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, okay? Also... I think the worst thing they ever did is like when you buy a DVD at home and then you watch some shit with someone because now they get the opportunity to leave or then if they get confused, they can rewind the shit back. Like I remember I watched like phone, phone booth, right? Right, right. Uh, I watched phone booth. That shit is an hour and 10 minutes. We spent three hours because my sister was confused and she didn't get exactly what was going on in that shit. You know, it's just fucking, I don't know. They say dudes are dumb, but bitch can't, bitches can't get movies. I don't know. Fuck. Um, that's it. <laughs> That's it for me. I've been Corday. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. Can you say something? Hey, my man, you got a cigarette? All right. Beautiful. No, sir. Where, who the f where the fuck you come from? Okay. Uh, that's against the rules. Welcome, folks. How you guys doing? Doing good. I see you signed up. Is that right?
Yeah, you signed up. You signed polite. Just an open mic. You signed your name on a list. That means you're coming on stage. This isn't this isn't a fucking AA meeting. Uh, signing up. Okay. All right. Well, fucking welcome anyway. You don't have to go up if you don't want to, but that is what the that that list means. Just so you know. So I may call you up when it gets to your name, but you don't gotta come up. But um, you know, and you, you you enjoy the enjoy the show. Okay. <laughs> we got we got fucking Beavis and Butthead over here. Oh, God bless you guys for coming through. God bless you. You didn't want. It sounds like you didn't want to be here. All right. You you fucking you want to tell some jokes, don't you? Your friend is not supportive at all, other than that he's here. And God bless him for that. And God bless the both of you for that. And uh, what's your name, man? Dude, what's your last name? I'm but why? Because I didn't know how to pronounce it. So Corbin. Damn, you kites. That sounds like fucking Russian. Dude, trying to get out of check. Damn, you kite us. I don't know. All right, everybody, give it up for Corbin. You talk to him. You tell him. Hey man, you might you might just have to go. I don't know how long you've been doing comedy, but you might just have to go tell jokes and kind of in front of these four people. We've all been there, Corbin. We've all been there. You don't. If you're funny, if you no, know, go ahead and log it because I'm about to go out there in a second. But uh, but you know I don't know. Are you new to this shit? Okay, well, then you should know that part of the game is you got to fucking make, like, two or three people laugh sometimes. Yeah, they, they, they're not, they not going to laugh at you anyway. Damn, he locked his second lock. All right, well, that was, that was. Okay, well, you know, don't take that. Yeah, that's. That's your own personal shit. Everybody give it up for uh, Corbin. Damn, you kind of. Thank you, everybody. All right, guys. Uh, why do we even have a microphone? <laughs> you know, it's such a small, nice room. I don't want to shit on it, though. You know, it's actually better than this little... I lived in a little shack uh, in a backyard in Burbank once upon a time. And uh, we had, like, a makeshift stage and some trees... And I would like play some riffs on the guitar and jump off this big piece of plywood. And we felt like we were all superstars. And we had a little like psycho thing just like this. And I would do that, but like tune, I'd make tunes. And the, the neighbors hated us, you know, they absolutely hated us. Um, yeah, it's really good to not be in uh, the shithole of Los Angeles anymore. Um, I also have some shit I wrote down on my phone. 
So let's figure out, you know, if we can lock this again, I can talk as long as I want to. So <laughs> welcome to the Corbin Damikaita Show, everybody. So happy to have you on here today. Woo-hoo! All right. Uh, so first and foremost, what's going on? I'm also from Texas. Um, and I also have had somewhat gay experiences that I did not necessarily want. So I could really relate to that guy. Uh, really happy the girls left because I have a raging herpes outbreak right now. And I uh, really wanted to be able to talk about it. Um, let's talk about, I also forced a kid to eat a mold cookie when I was a little kid. Um, you, this isn't going to make sense to you guys. Um, but uh, this guy almost ate a burrito that was like probably a month or two old. Um, Say what? No, no, this guy over here. This guy who uh, who left for his cigarette, but it's okay. <laughs> has two cigarettes or three cigarettes, however many cigarettes before uh, we decided. See if I can get through this list of shit. Um, okay. Um, so I feel like I'm in like the the scene from Pulp Fiction, you know, where like they, they get caught in the basement and there's like you find out they're like BDSM. I just feel like something really bad is going to happen to me right now. Um, let's talk about, um, I feel like they were trying to act like they had a lot of clout with like some of their, um, like you say, oh, I'm dating this bitch and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know if things are necessarily going that well for him. Um, you know, I had some, some up and down times with dating myself, you know, I was like, single for a year and that was when I was doing the most comedy. I had no sex for a whole year and I was doing comedy like every night. And my whole set was about like not getting laid and like being single and feeling like unfuckable and undateable. Um, and it was really rough on me, man. Um, and then, yeah, I've been in a relationship and just like the black guy <laughs> said, uh, I'm so happy he's outside. I just wanted to break up all the time, you know? I'm just like, I feel chained, I hate it. Um, let's see, um, da, 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 da. so I've been doing, um, I used to do the same scripted presentation. I have nothing, pr nothing, uh, ready right now. No, no jokes, no turns, no classic comedy turns for you folks. There's nothing lined up. Um, I have a list of things to go off of. Let's see. We, I've been, I used to do, I used to do a folk cam web show. When I lived in Los Angeles, I got paid a whopping $15 an hour to play folk music. And I would play for eight hours a day. I lived in the ghetto. And uh, they hated it so much, they threw rocks through my window. There was ambulances. Uh, it was very scary. And now I get paid big money for a webcam show. I mean, relatively big money. Um, because I'm a salesman. And... I moved to San Francisco. Uh, I'm also going to make this uh, seminar, okay? I moved to San Francisco with $50 in my pocket and barely enough for one week of hotel, caffeine pills, and uh, like 20 PB&Js. This is a true story. I really had $50. And I remember being in Dolores Park and thinking, oh my God, I'm so completely, absolutely fucked and there's no way out of this really and just looking at the sky and like thinking about homelessness and this girl that i had talked into having sex with me and you know i i was actually starting to get laid again because i had to work so hard i was doing petitions for like three dollars a signature 
and I'd get like 100 or 200 of them a day because I needed it, you know? And so I'd just aggressively fight for uh, the le to keep flavored tobacco legal, and it didn't win, but I got a lot of money in the process, enough to launch a career in sales again after having not done petitions for a couple years, enough to, to have some, some money. Things are going better now, uh, but I'm a workaholic, doing like 70 or 80 hours a week. I'm losing my fucking mind. Um, I feel like I'm 26, I'm gaining weight. I feel like I'm living like in a 35 or a 40 year old person's body. This girl is saying she wants to fucking marry me sometimes, you know? And it's like, I've gone from like, oh, I can't get laid and I'm poor to like, I fucking am in this relationship and I'm making money, but like, it's not any better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it fucking sucks. Um, but not like necessarily. It is really nice to know that like, I could just not work for like a year or two years and be okay. Like I do have a little bit of a nest egg saved up. But for San Francisco, it's like, it's all relative, you know? Like you have so long to go before you really have money here. Um, so long to go. But yeah, I do a web webinar every day. It's the same exact, same exact script. I'm doing a screen share. I'm selling some software, slinging some deals, slinging some real estate technology all over the place. And um, yeah, that's where I put my entertainment energy these days. Um, so let's see, I have three bullet points left. Fuck the girl at Dolores Park. I'm stuck in a codependent relationship. Um, oh, and anytime someone tells you on the phone, like if, if someone is trying to sell you something on the phone and they say that they need approval from their boss, uh, they're almost never talking to their boss. Um, I just wanna say that, right? So they're almost always stalling for time trying to find ways to fuck you in the ass a little bit. Um, I've done it, I've done it more than I care to admit. Um, I have some, I have a kind of an aggressive sales personality. I've, I've sold a lot of bullshit. Um, and uh, yeah, anytime someone tells you that uh, prices are based off an algorithm, who can relate to this? What is, what, what is my life come to, you know? What am I doing with my life these days? Is anyone else a workaholic that just can't stop working? Does anyone else go through that? Are you guys going through that right now? Yeah, what do you do for work? You're a web developer. Okay, how much more time do I have? Hey, it's so great to have everybody back now that I'm finishing up. All right, so you know, I uh, recently my friend was telling me, hey Corbin, you know, you should really be a Mormon. And he was telling me all about it. I thought, you know, I would love to be a Mormon. You want to know why? Uh, I, it just dawned on me that, I don't know if you know this, when you're a Mormon, when you die, you get your very own planet. And I thought, you know, sign me up. I've been looking for great reasons to kill myself. My guy, Corbin. Damn, Eukaitis. Damn, Eukaitis. All right. Well, you know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you some. Let me tell you some. First of all, put that away. Okay. I don't know who you fucking think you is. Just out here, just you know what I'm saying. You see the fucking sign? No alcohol in or out. My right capital. <laughs> he know I got some drink in my pocket. Anyway, 
but I don't though. All right, all right, fuck. See, this is a t- this is a hard room. They're not laughing at me. They, they're not laughing at you. Yeah, I don't know. It's a di- it's difficult, and that's just part of being a comedian, man. So, and sometimes, you know, motherfuckers got to take a cigarette break, and so you got to talk to like two people, and it's just more. It's just a challenge, you know. Okay, you know, and you know, uh, let's give a round of applause to it for this guy for you know, trying to give up the cigarettes. Round of applause. Round of applause. Okay, well, you, you, you give me one clap. All right, fuck you then. You can fucking beat his ass later if you want, Corbin. Damn you, Kytus. Um, All right, so our next comedian, she's here. She's in the flesh. She's about to be funny. Right? Aren't you? What's your last name? It says it says D on the list. Or do would you prefer not to give it? Okay, all right. Okay. Um, everybody, give it up for Madison D. Thank you. I'm like mildly worried about Pooja. Pooja, are you okay? All right, just checking. This is me being a good friend, you guys. This is what healthy friendship looks like, you know? Um, I also didn't realize I was about to go up. Do you guys want to hear about Stockholm Syndrome? I don't know how well you're going to relate to this. Uh, I feel like I have fashion Stockholm Syndrome, you know? Like, I'll see something, I'll be like, oh, that's, that's really ugly. And I'll see it like three more times and I'll be like, I guess that's what people are wearing these days. And then like six more times and I'm like, well, I guess now I own this like bomber jacket with the furriness on the inside. (laughs) I don't know. They just, they get you used to it. And then you see it five years later and you're like, I was mistaken. So mistaken. Women laugh at that more, but I promise I don't have any female audience members right now. Um, But honestly, I think that Stockholm Syndrome is like the best thing that could ever happen to you. Like if it comes down to it (laughs) and you're kidnapped and you have the choice between being Belle, like, okay, so you know Belle from Beauty and the Beast, right? Okay, so she has the choice between being kidnapped with a monster and living in a castle with a prince. Which one would you choose? It's obvious. Choose the one that's fun. That's your brain protecting you. Like, lean into Stockholm Syndrome, okay? That's all I'm saying. Guys, I'm still worried about Pooja. Okay. She's making some promising sounds. (laughs) Oh. So, I have this necklace. It's in the shape of a compass as a reminder to myself that I get lost a lot. Like, when in doubt, I'm in lost. Success. Excellent. I'm so happy for you. Um, I have a personal rule for myself because of how often I get lost. It's, uh, if the map's wrong, you're lost. That's what it means. If the map, if you start thinking, oh, they must have screwed up this map design. You're lost. You don't know where the fuck you are. 
This is based on a trip I took to the Canadian border. I was like leading a camping and canoeing trip. The last thing my boss said to me before I left was, it's a felony to camp in Canada. And I was in charge of seven 13-year-old girls. So I told them, if you see the Mounties, you stay there and we're going to run. Because you're under 18 and if you get a felony, it'll clear. <laughs> it won't for me. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that, my child abuse story. Um, yeah, so, okay, I think, I feel like I've made it clear. I have a poor sense of direction. So, for me, San Francisco is just, like, a large space composed of, like, different bars I've done open mics at. Or, like, you know, like, random places I recognize. And occasionally, those, like, merge together, and I'm going to an open mic, and I'm like, oh, someone I slept with lived around here <laughs> like this is familiar and I slowly connect these areas and that's how I understand a neighborhood but sometimes are what are you doing Pooja is that a picture or video because I prefer not a video You're free like a bird. <laughs> yeah, you never see one without the other. Yeah. Oh, somebody's peeing right now. Who's that? Who remembers who went to the bathroom recently? We could put their sounds on the radio. All right. Well, that's reasonable because phones die. I forgot where I was going with my last one, but like now I'm going to go into my masturbation joke. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> I do remember where I was going. Um, Semi-recently, I came across this case where I was like, wow, this apartment looks familiar. And then I was like, Oh, I remember that Vietnamese couple upstairs. Then I was like, oh, I've fucked someone in this bedroom before. <laughs> and like, how do you explain to someone that's why like, you can't come? You know, like, what do you say? What do you say in that situation? No, that's not a solid punchline. Okay, I'm gonna go into my, oh, I think they're gonna fuck and I'm kind of pumped for Pooja. <laughs> I'm such a good friend, I hope she can't hear me. Can you hear me? You're so beautiful. That is exactly what I said. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is my final joke because it seems like a good time to be done with this activity. Positivity? No one has ever asked me to be on their positivity team before because they've, like, heard me talk about my own life. <laughs> Discourages that. Um, how do you guys feel about masturbation? You're pro masturbation, yeah. When do you ask your friends for masturbation tips? Okay, you're missing out. I prefer to ask my friends about masturbation at brunch 
Like, I want to know. That's when I asked them. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you've had a couple of mimosas, but nobody's going, like, trolling for dick in, like, the immediate future. And, like, really, what are Sunday afternoons for if not masturbating? So brunch is the perfect time to ask for tips. The afternoon is the perfect time to masturbate. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Yeah, obviously you're missing out on opportunities to learn. Because, like, okay, so you claim that you know everything there is to know about masturbating. Like, you can do it to completion, and that's what counts. See, I feel like maybe I could do it better. You know, like, by definition, it's something you do alone. So how do you know if you're doing it wrong? Like, how do you know if you could be getting yourself off? in a more enjoyable way. Like, I have imposter syndrome around masturbation, okay? This is what I'm trying to tell you. And so to, like, counter it, I just ask my friends, you know, about, like, for tips and tricks. And the best trick I've ever learned, if you're curious at all, I mean, you obviously told us you have it down to a science. Congratulations. Are you curious? Do you want to know how to do it better? Pooja, do you want to know how to do it better? No, she does not. She is busy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't need to masturbate. Anyways, the best tip I've ever gotten is it's all about, like, what you focus on, you know? Like, you can focus on, like, someone from a movie or, like, someone you interact with in, like, real life. But I prefer to focus on, like, me having my life together. <laughs> Like, that is just so hot. So now I really get off to the idea of myself having curtains, which I feel like my neighbors would also enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. All right, that was fucking beautiful, wasn't it? God damn it. All right, so now there's a, there's a couple options here going on. Pooja. Pooja. Yeah. What do you got? You got some funnies? You got some giggles and, and some. Don't have a you don't need a routine. You don't need one. I mean, that's. You could just come up here and get that off your chest. You got five minutes to talk about to talk about it. You fucking, listen. You fucking come up here, you got five minutes to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And it'll be funny or it'll not be funny, but it'll be feel good to get it off your chest. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Tell us about whatever. That's okay. We're all with you. Okay? You know what I'm saying? We'll cry, we'll cry together. We'd, we'll never be that. This is not a judgmental place. This is a place full of love. If you come here, talk about Pooja, everybody. She's going to talk about whatever she wants. Hi, guys. Every, uh, so, today's in the night. I've always wanted to be a stand up comedian. 
So I'm standing here in the lights, and I'm like here trying to tell you guys about funny stuff. But tonight's not going to be about funny stuff. Tonight's going to be about like me and my sorrow. Because my dog was put down tonight. And like I feel like everyone's like kind of nodding their heads in a way that's kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, go scan on with the funny. But <laughs> it's been a really long, really hard night. Mm -hmm. Has anyone of you guys ever dealt with an animal passing? No, no. Yes, I hear. I see like that long, deep nod. And you, like, what happened with you? Well, <laughs> what happened with your cat? What what happened? But like, something must have led up to it. Is this old? What what about uh, you? You? What what happened to your dog? Sorry, everyone's gonna end up crying. That's what it did. Yeah. This is not a, this is not a comedy show you signed up for. This is a, a show about where we talk about how animals are not good good enough for us. So what happened to your your animals? Okay, and then after that? I'm sorry. How did you deal with it afterwards? How did you deal with it afterwards? By drinking a lot, like me? And then somehow ending up on a stage? <laughs> okay, and then Matt? Why am I on this stage anymore? Like, I'm not here to, like, make people feel funny, is that right? I got, I got seven minutes to do whatever I want. So, here's what I want. I'm going to tell you guys. I had a dog who loved me. He made me feel, like, amazing. He was my best buddy. He was, like, if you've ever read this, he was my Winn-Dixie. He went, we went with me to the store. He would buy chocolate with me, and he would come back to my house, and he would sit next to me while I got yelled at by my mom because I bought, like, chocolate when I wasn't supposed to. And today he died. <laughs> he was my best friend. And it was really, really fucking hard. And I'm sorry to bring everyone down, but I was invited to the stage. It was really, really fucking hard day. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really, really fucking rough. But I think everyone knows heartbreak, and there's no tougher heartbreak than when a dog cannot share this life with you more longer than you can. You know. In any case, I have been trying to build up my. Maybe a couple of jokes. Maybe a couple of jokes. Let me think about them. Let me think about that. <laughs> it is a difficult transition to the moment that you like are talking about your dog dying because that's what you've been fixating on the whole night. <laughs> 
I don't really have a joke right now. Okay, so can somebody throw topics out at me? Like y'all are y'all are helping me right now. Y'all are helping me because I'm like a depression depressing. Oh, 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 look at this, look at this. Okay, alright. Roast another comic on the belt, but I don't know anyone. Okay. Let's keep going. The farthest you've ever run. That's about point two five mile. Anywhere? The month? Yeah. Quarter mile. And you into that? Do you know the times? What type of times are we talking about? Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? I do want the shrimp. Do you know the time? Do you know the time? What's your longest time? What do you people think about time? Can everyone raise their hand? What do you think about time? Not real. What do you think about times at all? What does time mean to you? Mm, it means something. Mm, it means something to everyone. So if it doesn't mean something to you, then you're just kind of like in a in an illusion. So who, who thinks something about time? Huh? Yeah, I know. We'll talk about time until then. Honestly, I'm not a comedian. I'm here talking about my dog's death, and everyone's kind of getting so upset about it. Yes, yes. I'm still here talking talk about, do you know what the time is? Time means, to me, at least in the context of this question, what it means to make a woman come. Is that what that means to you? How long does it take to make a woman come for you? What is it? What is making yeah. a woman come for you? Okay, what is the indication? Okay, okay, okay. Everyone calm down. Everyone calm down. This is the closest question. What does it make to make a woman come for you? Yes. Are you too scared to answer that question? You're going to be the man at the balls if you answer that question. Okay, so you're, 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 what does it make to make a woman feel like they're going to come? I also have only ever made one woman come also ever. That was literally with my tongue in your mouth. I mean, her other mouth. <laughs> you know, in the vagina. Um, and it was in a very specific way. But I feel it always comes down to what? 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 I'm not ready for it. I, I'm like unhappy with it, so I'm not gonna divulge the details.
<laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not probably not gonna explain because I was also forced onto the stage when I was in like a period of like extreme grief. No, I don't. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in extreme grief in another 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm probably going to be here at a point where I'm, like, trying to actually put on, like, and, like, everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is going on? Already something is, what the fuck is going on? So I feel, like, very, very unhappy with this whole situation. All right, you know what, guys? Lick her asshole. That is the key. That is the key. All right. Jiggle her butt cheeks. Beautiful. You did wonderfully. You did wonderfully. Didn't I not? You did wonderfully. Pooja. Pooja, everybody. Give it up. Give it up. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So just like this light, just like this light here that stayed on, uh, just like this light that's been that stayed rocking with us the whole fucking time, um, this next comedian that's how he gets down. He gets down just like this light rocking with it the whole time, staying on, staying lit, and staying bright and staying beautiful. Um, and this is this guy, and he's fu- he's fucking running this shit right now. You know what I'm saying? So if you got any problems, talk to this motherfucker. And. Uh, <laughs> Okay, light back on. All right. So he's gonna come up here and tell some jokes, and you guys probably aren't gonna laugh like you haven't laughed at anybody else tonight. Um, you the only person that got laughs. So that's in a beautiful way, and uh, and so that's impressive, especially because you're not even a comedian. Um, but maybe maybe you are. Um. But anyway, everybody fucking uh, put your fucking hands together for Capital Pill Crow right now. Come on, bro. So you need your butt licked to come. Is that why you miss your dog? That deserves more than that, people. Come on. I've been waiting all night. And I'm running the light. I'm controlling the time. I don't even know if you're on the phone with the way you're acting. (laughs) (sighs) My name is Capital P. And no, my mom did not name me that. That would be a... Would that be child abuse? I don't know if that'd be child abuse, but that'd be a lot of child responsibility. Like now he wants to work. We all came here to practice our jokes. Please let us. You were right. I smoke too much. Uh, 
I'm on the show. I can give myself as much time as I want. I can fucking run this bitch late if I want to. I can kick y'all out and keep talking. This is my shit. I don't care. I really don't care. And I don't care what y'all got to say. Everybody got suggestions. Everybody think they Gordon fucking Ramsay and shit. Like they could just walk in your kitchen and just tell you what to fucking do and shit. Everybody's saying do this, do that. Y'all would burn soup. I don't give a fuck. Do what you want to do. Everybody, everybody fucking chiming in, telling each other what to do tonight. Fucking yelling during people's sets. Let people fail. Fuck them. It's their problem. We here to work. This is the only mic on a Saturday night. If you're not here, you chose not to work. Or you worked so hard you got booked. In that case, I'm happy for you. And if somebody wants to talk to you in your set, fucking let them. But handle the shit yourself. <coughs> Y'all just been letting that shit happen, like, looking like punks. And you might, maybe you got a couple laughs from it. Maybe there was some good energy in the room, but that ain't yours. That's just, a, that's a blessing. Good you got some laughs. You ain't earned that shit. That ain't nothing. That's like being born with money. That's bullshit. That's like buying a gold watch with the money your parents gave you. Trying to stunt on a bitch, doing some shit. That's like, that's like being fucking Jaden Smith. That kid got like, what, six albums, fucking three mixtapes, whatever. They still gonna play Get Jiggy with it at his funeral. You gotta earn your shit or else you don't get the credit. You don't wanna end up like what, like, like, who, like Jesus? Jesus Christ. That motherfucker walked like what, like 6,000 miles? Healed like lepers and shit, wrote a book. God worked six days in his life, then he took a nap. And who are we worshiping? There you go. That's the problem, we worship at will. Jaden working. Jaden working harder. Will Smith, the movie star. Will Smith's a fucking movie star. They just hand him the script. They hand him the script, but we listen to his opinion. Why do you care? Why are you listening to me? Why aren't you on your phone going over your set, Kelly Evans? You should go over your set, Kelly Evans. <laughs> I got a show tomorrow. <laughs> I got 10 minutes. I'm going to do whatever I want. Shit. I'm going to smoke a joint. I know that. I'm definitely going to smoke a joint. I'm not going to smoke another joint before the mic again, though. Because <laughs> like I said, you got to be able to handle your business, and I should have been able to handle this shit. Goddamn. I just had to sit and watch and learn, like, Shit got out of control real quick. It was like a bad acid trip. Like, I was just sitting in the corner. Half of my hood up and goddamn, what? You got some eyes to pay attention with, motherfucker? They laughing? You trying to fucking shit. You started working way harder when they walked in the room. Yeah, actually after you left, you know, Mr. Host. I know. People earn the opportunities, people lose them. 
don't feel it's an open mic. Don't feel bad. If I'm high enough. He's hosting next week. Oh yeah, we definitely should guess. Um I like you a lot, Kelly Evans. You know why I like you? A Civil War general. <laughs> Probably a Bond movie. Maybe, oh, I had something for you. Oh, what was it? I have it on my phone. I have a lot of notes for you, actually. I spent a lot of time with you. Uh, super villain on a budget. <laughs> there we go. Um, see, I had a good time. I know what I'm doing. Is this all I need? At this point, this is about me. That's why I wanted to go last, so I don't have to worry about y'all. Because y'all ain't worried about nobody else tonight, so I ain't either. Shit. Because it's the right thing to do. I am. Then, yes. Good. Me neither. I got to do better than him. And he convinced somebody to go on 